Hey Firecrackers, it's Naomi and welcome to the Firecracker Department. And welcome May! Hello May, come on in. Take your shoes off, stay a while. No, actually, just stay a month and then that is it. Get out of here, sucker, because I got June around the corner and I've got snacks and casseroles ready for June. That's something you should know about me. If you ever come over to my house, there will always be snacks. A-B-S, always be snacks. It's something I believe in. I also love June. I love June so much because it still reminds me of when I was a kid and you know, you're in school and then June came along and it was like, yes, June, hello, June. So it's really one of my favorite times of the year. Now I will say that Firecracker Department is on the road and that sounds super glamorous, but what it means is I'm just in the city. Normally I'm not in the city, so that's why the sound might be a bit different. You may hear some city noises, that's all. Normally the only noises you hear are the squawks of a blue jay, so enjoy. Now this episode that you're about to listen to was recorded almost exactly a year ago. So, oh my gosh, think about the world a year ago. The pandemic was just sort of settling in, uh, people were on lockdown, we were figuring out how the world was going to function. I don't know, I was talking to somebody today about grief and how everybody's grieving different things. During COVID, everybody is grieving on some level. They're grieving the loss of hanging out with friends and hugging and just there's so many things that people are missing out on and gosh, I so miss that. I miss live events and people coming together, dinner parties, oh, hugs. Oh, there's gonna be so many awkward, fantastic hugs when this is over. So um, yes, I mourn all those things and I grieve with all of you. And I will also say there's some things that COVID has afforded us. Like Firecracker Department has flipped into an online world. So script department events are online, our writing events are online, all these things are online. And so our interviews are also online, which means we get to chat with international firecrackers. So that's pretty fantastic. So as much as I'm grieving, I'm also recognizing that there's some beautiful opportunities that have come out of this. Now, let's get right into a firecracker shout out. Don't forget that if you have a firecracker shout out, somebody that's in your world that you want to recognize, send them to firecrackerdepartment at gmail.com. Do a little voice recording telling me who you are, who the firecracker is, a couple of the handles where we can find their work, and send it to, as I said, firecrackerdepartment at gmail.com. We'd love to have you involved in our shout outs. Here's one right now. Have a listen to Fran's Firecracker shout-out. Hi, my name is Fran, and I'm part of the Firecracker writing department team, and my Firecracker shout-out goes out to AK McKellar. I first came across them on TikTok. Their videos were on my For You page, and they were doing these really movement and body-inclusive hit or circuit workouts. So I decided to follow them on Instagram so I could see more of what they were about, and I came to learn that their space is body inclusive um, for the LGBTQ plus community. They have virtual classes, workshops, they're a chronic illness advocate, and overall they just have a very welcoming and inclusive space. So you can find them on Instagram at ak.m-a-c-k-e-l-l-a-r. That is my firecracker shout out. Now you can follow Fran on Instagram at Fran underscore creates and catch her monthly blog in our newsletter and on our website, firecrackerdepartment.com. She just put out a new blog for May, so go take a look and let us know what you think. 
Okay, so our guest on the podcast today is casting director Wendy O'Brien. Okay, now this woman's resume reads like an amazing TV guide. So many of my favorite shows she's worked on. She was nominated for an Emmy and won an RTOS award for casting HBO's Carnival, which, FYI to your eye, fellow firecracker Tammy Riker also won her ASC award. Remember her? She's so great. I loved chatting with Tammy. And of course, you can catch up with Tammy by listening to her episode. And also, you can listen to Carla Gallo, who stars in Carnival. So you can get three firecrackers all wrapped up into Carnival. It's amazing, but don't do it yet. Listen to this podcast and then, then go catch up and let me know what you thought. Now, Wendy's also won a Peabody Award and two additional Artios Awards, which, by the way, is the Casting Society of America's highest honor. She's casted for, get a load of this, seven seasons of Sons of Anarchy, plus its popular spin-off Mayans MC. She cast five seasons of the Critics' Choice comedy series You're the Worst, which is, sidebar, producer Sydney's favorite. She's done 14 seasons of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which I love, all of Prison Break, the Runaways, AP Bio with fellow firecracker Mary Sohn, Stumptown with fellow firecracker Cameron Mannheim. I'm seeing some sort of consistency here. American Vandal, Dave, Mr. Mayor. I mean, I could go on forever. She has over 120 credits and tons and tons in different stages of production and development. There's almost no doubt her name's been on your TV screen. If you are loving a show, watch for who cast it. I bet it's Wendy O'Brien. She also cast Bad Trip, the new Eric Andre movie on Netflix, and 2020's The Way Back with Ben Affleck. Wendy's also a mother, a rower, and when I say rower, she's a rower. She's a recovering workaholic, a quarantine gardener, and we actually talked almost exactly a year ago, as I said. So this episode's a bit of a throwback to the early pandemic days. Now we talk about bonding during quarantine, becoming a sloth. I mean, she is not a sloth. We talked about Sons of Anarchy, saying no, her wild ride in pregnancy, and so much more. I have to say, I'm not a fan of auditioning. It makes me nervous, I get super sweaty, and it's no picnic. But I will say, when I know I'm going in to read for a role that Wendy O'Brien is casting, I don't know, it just eases my tension. She's so lovely, and she just makes the process much more human. You talk, you talk about what's going on in your world, and you have a connection, and it's not just like, in. Audition. So long, sucker. She's just a real human being, and uh, I adore her. I really do. Okay, here's my chat with Wendy O'Brien. But I was looking at your uh, at your IMDb, and I was like, you had 14 productions either in the works or in pre-production before this hit, and maybe still in pre-production. My thought is that you're you're busy. You like being busy. I get this. I get the gene that you got. <laughs> not, it's not new to me. But how are you dealing with the fact that, that things have stopped so haltingly? Like for somebody that, and also like, can, can you row right now? Like, uh, I don't know if I can. I am. Um, I am going out because where I row out of the, uh, my, I wrote up two clubs, uh, the Yacht Club in the Marina, Delray, uh, California Yacht Club. And Long Beach Rowing Association. Long Beach shut down. I shuttered everything and you can't gain access. But uh, CYC, because it's a private club and there's liveaboards, they can't, they can't not let you in. Right. Um, and it's a private dock. So we have been, I mean, and it's such a well-spaced, you're in yeah. your own boat, far yeah. apart. You couldn't get close to each other if you tried. So, yeah. you know, there's only a few of us that have been going out and um, so far so good. It's yeah. definitely keeping me sane. 
I bet. How, yeah. I mean, it's the balance, right? This constant need for balance. And as soon as this hit, I was like, oh, I, I've got a lot of work I can do and a lot of work I can't do. And how are you, how are you doing with the spare time? Um, it's interesting, I guess. Um, maybe well, I don't know. Uh, um, well in that. Who would know if it wasn't you? I'm enjoying it. Like, yeah. And I feel bad saying that because I'm lucky that so far we're okay and we have sort of what we need for, you know, a few months. Um, so I, I've been gardening like a mofo. Yeah. I don't have a single weed. Like I do a I've perimeter walk every morning. Like a, like a mofo. Oh, yeah, you're I didn't st- even know I liked it, but things, you put stuff in the dirt and it grows and I you're like, it. I did that. Yeah. And I so that. I do this perimeter walk every morning to say hi to, you know, all the different plants and flowers and to check or to cut some roses or to pull some weeds or some mushrooms or something. And uh, so that's been great with nature and going for dog walks every day and doing things that I never have time to do. And yeah. actually we moved to a uh, house a year ago and, you know, sometimes I sleep at the office like twice a week just no. because of the commute. And so I can stay late and get stuff done. And so I had not really spent any daylight hours here you know, just the weekends, but during the week I come home, go to bed and then get up and leave for rowing at 6am or so. uh, So all of a sudden, like actually getting to live in the house has been wonderful. Yeah. And I thought I would get tons of, you know, work and lists and just a lot of sort of getting ahead stuff, but I've done diddly squat. I really don't want to work at all. Are you like me that you're either like 6,000% or off? Yeah. I think I'm like that too. Yeah. I've always been afraid that I would turn into a sloth if I had the opportunity. So maybe that's part of like that. I got to keep going. But uh, yeah, I'm a really good sloth. Like it's. But how could you ever turn into like when you were worried about that? Did you ever have like an inkling that you're like, oh, oh, Wendy, you got to like make sure you don't get too slothy. Yeah, I think I. I think because I was such a couch potato, you know, when as a kid, like I would be happy to sit with a carton of ice cream and watch TV for days on end. I'd be happy to do that. Mm -hmm. Research. Yes, it was all. And it's funny. I can tell you eight o'clock ABC, happy days, eight 30, Laverne and Shirley, nine o'clock three's company. I I know all of it. Um, but I, uh, but it was very easy for me. So I think it's in the back of my mind. It's, I don't, you know, always want to stay motivated. Yeah. I mean, do you find yourself like, I mean, I'm so, the thing about casting directors that I find really interesting is that people think that you come from a place of like easy confidence and power because it's like you're one of the gatekeepers to actors roles whereas like you also have to audition like you also have to put together pitches for the opportunity to cast things and you also get nervous about things like I think we're in very similar boats oh for sure you know going into audition for a job and having, you know, sometimes they have the other casting directors out there and you're like, hey, how's it going? You know, like, are they doing like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) no, we don't have that, but you get like side glances and, um, or the, oh, hey, oh, I actually had one casting director who I knew, uh, an audition and, and tried to punk me, you know, gave me a hug and said, you should run there crazy. And I was like, wait, are you, are you trying to intimidate an athlete? Like, this is what I live for. Are you trying to mind game me? Wait, you know, that like, actually boosts me. 
Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, now I'm really pumped. Like, yeah. <laughs> that was the opposite. I'm ready. Yeah. That was what I needed. But yeah, it's, it's, but we do have to. And we, you know, we are, we are, I would say, in the food chain of the film industry, we are the middleman. You know, yeah. yes, we, um, we, we are a gatekeeper for some part, but you know, it's a collaboration. The director has ultimate say. We don't have, rarely, rarely, if ever, have the final say. We can help influence it. And obviously, you know, we're in charge of who gets before their eyes, but it's so collaborative now. And, you know, especially with comedy, uh, like I was just seeing the, the, another project we were just working on for Tina Fey. I mean, they were giving us so many names of like, writers that we wouldn't know that are also performers but aren't really performing right now because they're you know hired to write or just there's so many the talent pool is so deep and so obscure now it really has become even more collaborative yeah I mean that's a lot to keep up with it, it is a lot it is that's why lot. you sleep at the office <laughs> was there I mean so the journey I, I've done a little bit of research on your journey and was there ever a time you faltered along the way where you're like, oh, this is, this is too hard. Like, cause I do think it's similar to an artist's journey. Like, you know, you seem to, the casting directors definitely build their resume right. and they don't kind of go backwards like actors often do. But like, was there a time you're like, oh no, the, this journey is too hard. I better just become a professional um, r rower. R I don't know. I mean, yeah, you're going to go women. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you make less money on that uh, yeah. in that sport. No, I think, I don't think I did. I, I think it's kind of like rowing. Um, you put your head down and you just grind. And I don't think I really lifted my head. I certainly never felt like I'm, I've made it or I've been successful yet. You know, there's there's so many people with much deeper resumes or doing really big films or you know winning emmy after emmy so i certainly can't say that i'm killing it but i but i've made a living and i love it and so i think um i just never really looked up i've just always been in it um and i i think that was very similar to rowing you just grind every day and work really hard and you have to love what you do and and there, there's no accolades for that you know yeah, it's, yeah, unless it's, somebody said once that like casting directors only get accolades when they, when they or don't get accolades, but when they mess up and then they get recognized for doing something yeah. that's wrong. But if it's done well, you don't really notice the casting director. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, that's probably true. Or many times I think the directors or the producers take, you know, again, it is super collaborative, but they do take a lot of the credit. I mean, I've been in a room where a director's been like, man, I wanted you from day one. And I was like, hold up, you fought tooth and nail to not cast this person and now you get your arm around them and it's like, wow, yeah. okay, that's fascinating. But yeah. they, I also take that as a, oh, I was wrong. You were the perfect person for this job mm -hmm. and I'm so grateful it was you. That's how I try and translate it to you. Yeah. <laughs> You've um, got a very empathetic view of the world. <laughs> very I sometimes you come by it yeah sometimes you can't come sometimes. by completely easily no no you have to you know sometimes I'm quite cynical and you know I or and I have a little bit of that uh um you know uh 
how do I say this without sounding too negative towards myself? Um, okay, no, like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like I'm covering over the meat and ready to start. Like I also, you know, I, I, I don't trust everybody. That's for sure. So I look, you know, well, what are you coming from on this? Cause you get yeah. burned enough that you're like, got to protect my time and myself. But yeah, I think it's a muscle. Like, I don't think it's something that comes, I come by easily that empathy or compassion, but you have to exercise it constantly. Yeah. It's important. It's yeah. really important, especially now, like for everything we can be grateful for, you have to remember how many people are just not having any space, any food, not getting any movement. The kids are just, you know, trapped, not allowed to go outside yeah. or like you can pick Spain here. It's, it's uh we're very no, we've got it we've got it good yeah what do you think like i mean growing up it sounds so um it sounds so hallmark like growing up on a horse farm and saying <laughs> oh, wow yeah you know a lot right but like what do you think the that time as a kid growing up in that in that uh i don't know adventure what do you think that taught you to do what you're doing now um well, I want to say it was out frolicking with the animals, <laughs> with nature, but it was probably watching TV all because the time. Avoid having to work and research, mom. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I didn't really want to do like chores uh, for sure. <laughs> Meanwhile, that's what I'm like. I have a chore list for the kids right now. <laughs> Guys, you have got to get involved. Um, I don't, I, I mean, I spent a lot of time alone. My brothers are five and seven years older. So I had a lot of time to occupy myself. Yeah. And, you know, I probably played with my Barbies far too long. Uh, probably, you know, had my own adventures in my head. So I, yeah. I definitely had a lot of that. But my dad kept saying to me, he remembers it differently. He would tell me um, about casting that he would say that we would watch things and I would always say that person was wrong for the role and it should have been more like I don't remember that at all but he says that I would frequently do that I don't recall that um wow you had like a sixth sense for casting she was a natural maybe, maybe. Yeah. I did the, I didn't get Henry Winkler's the Fonz I remember that I was like I love him he's super cool but he seems old and not your normal yeah. <laughs> I remember that well, like, now huh. I see him in, on Barry and I'm like how did that guy ever be, like why how is he ever the coolest person in the world isn't he great on that he's so good he's I so love good. that show yeah me too. I love that show and then like your dad must have seen like that kind of discussion like to say to you I think you should be a casting director which I have to just say like my father's a chemistry professor he would never I don't even know if he knows what a casting director is let alone suggest it for a role a job no most people still don't yeah. even in the industry i don't think they do i know and yeah i find it or to not call it a casting agent yeah you know to be that perceptive and and his explanation was you know in the in the film the, the credits you know he would watch the credits um and to, to put you know my english and my love of drama um to put that together in the way he did. And, and he also, you know, his reasoning was that empathy, that you have to uh, really be able to read and interpret material, understand it, have a, um, you know, just have that sort of idea of like what, I, uh, there were so many different pieces that I, that I was like, wait, what? I have yeah. those? That's cool. 
I know sometimes, I mean, it happens still, like somebody and somebody will recognize something that I do without thinking and I'll be like, oh, I didn't know that's something unusual, but it really yes. helps to have somebody like see you from the outside. That's true. That, that's, yeah. So, yeah, it's so true because it's just you. I mean, you had your, your athletic work ethics, mm -hmm. right? And then I know that you, so you, you pursued that with a passion, but there was a time where you, it, it, it tilted a bit because you couldn't pursue it any further through getting on teams. Right. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, um, I was trying to make a national team and with the goal of making an Olympic team would be the ultimate dream. Um, and a few of my friends not only made the team, it was, I think Canada's probably their one of their best years ever. Uh, I think they all came home with one to two gold medals. You know, it was Silken Lowman. Powerhouse. Oh. Yes, Silken. But it was Marnie McBean, who's one of the most decorated athletes that Canada's had, period. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's got three gold medals from two different games. Yeah, those um, were your peers. Yeah. So, yeah. so, you know, you could sort of like touch greatness, but I didn't have the greatness, but I enjoyed it. And I was at, you know, a really good University of Washington, which is probably the top program in the U S still right now. Um, and I, you trained a lot, but back then now the teams, well, North America for sure, but now they recruit athletes from all these different countries and they're very, uh, much more, supportive of letting these athletes go to compete for their countries, be it England, Canada, um, and the University of Washington now has athletes, I think on three or four different national teams, it's, um, you know, representing their home country. And, but back then you were almost penalized. So I would go to a camp in Victoria and I would come back and I would be, you know, punished for leaving for a week. Uh, it wasn't supportive. So it was a really hard, we and and um, we were training for different distances. You know, they we would be doing getting closer to race season, and they would still be doing like the long, more the long distance kilometer work, where you're just still building your base, and yeah. we would be tapering. And so our training was different at the time too. Yeah, it was very different. That must have blown your mind a little bit when, like, because in your brain you're like, I'm on track, I'm training, I'm at the peak of my abilities, mm -hmm. and then it's and the awareness of going, oh, that's not going to happen. How, how did you, how did you pivot at that point as a, as a kid? Like you were, you it, know, it was hard because I was a little, I, I didn't, um, I didn't enjoy our, our coach at the time, uh, didn't have very good communication with athletes, um, wasn't the friendliest person, you know, so I would actually turn to the men's coach a lot for advice or coaching or he was really generous um so i by the time it was you know my four years were almost up so this is you know 92 before barcelona like the year before that so as I, that was coming to an end um i was also sick of rowing in the rain you know you're out there for hours a day in the yeah. freezing cold seattle rain and it just seemed like a natural i needed a break you know yeah. i've been doing it since i was 14 straight and i was like what else is out there yeah. and i feel i feel like it was the same with education too it's like you know you've been in school your whole life what's the world got to offer i want to go out there i want to actually make money i want to go live i want to go travel i want to like stop being so um my days being so controlled and yeah. so disciplined and so, you know, everything was like from this hour to this hour to this hour to this hour to the, you know, so 
um, manicured. Yeah. So I was really looking forward to just also getting out and living. So I think those, all those combinations just felt like a big push of you need to go live. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of my impetus too. Of when like somebody to a fault as well, like somebody will show me how to do it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me just try it. Like yeah. I, I learned by doing so much better, but I just wanted to yeah. get into it. I don't know about you, but this last month of quarantine, I've gone back to school in a way of what I've had to learn. Right. Like not actually, because I yes, yes. <laughs> hate school. Let's not be cavalier <laughs> about that. But I, um, yeah, but like learning all I've had to learn about technology and how to make these things work, it's quite exciting in a way now. But as you said, yeah. like it's hard when it's a structure. And it's cool now that you know you can do this from anywhere at any time. Yeah. There's no real restrictions. Yeah, yeah. When you, so when you, that was Victoria, right? That you were in the... Um, well, there was, I would go to camps there from Seattle. Right. Um, but I was based out of Seattle because of school. I'm so in awe of your, like a, a, the, the journey that you've been on, like your gumption of going like, I'm just like that rowing gumption of just like putting your head down, I'm going to work. Is that from rowing? Is that from your pops? Because he had a pretty ch- strong work ethics as well. Yeah, my dad and my, you know, my, well, I think my brothers, they, you, they, my dad's definitely a workaholic. Yeah, for sure. Well, but, you know, yeah, so know. is my it's mom. It's like the most acceptable holicism. Holicism? It's the most acceptable problem to have is being a workaholic because it's like revered. Yes. Yeah. It is true. It is. But it's, well, I, I feel like we're getting away from that now. That's Coco. Um, that we are learning that that balance isn't healthy. I was just reading something last night because I couldn't sleep and it was talking about how lack of sleep shortens your life. And I was like, oh my God, I used to pride myself that I could get on four hours, five hours a night tops forever, for years and years and years and years and years. And I actually found that was a badge. You know, like I earned that badge. It's like, oh, I'm going to die young. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) That's my badge. Right. So he kind of instilled that in you and have you but my not- mom too. Yeah. Like I, I think back and even we'd all be watching a movie and we'd all be relaxing. My mom would be standing watching the movie ironing yeah. or folding laundry or, you know, just doing, doing, uh, doing things. She wouldn't just sit. She, so I think it was always that both were always in motion. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. like that kind of um, drive kind of put your, when you jumped into Vancouver and you started casting and doing assistant casting, Mm-hmm. you didn't seem to have any trepidation with that. Like you just kind of jumped into that. Did you, were you nervous? Were you just like, I know what I want so much that I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't feel nervous. I felt, uh, I felt like I couldn't go fast enough. Like, you know, when I first started, I, I knew like Lynn Caro had just by far the best reputation. She was so kind to actors. I used to live um, in Vancouver. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I know all these names and yeah, so right. She was such a sweet person and yeah. Wonderful. And, and had such a sensitivity to material and again, empathy for the actors. And she just, every way that she went about her job was just, it was so admirable. She just cared. Um, and, and so I, you know, if I, I babysat her son to start like wherever she needed help, but but I, I, it was like I, more and more, I just wanted more and more and I wanted to learn more and I wanted more responsibility. And I just, I wanted to know it all as soon as possible. 
Yeah. Um, and it is a small talent pool there. As you know, it's, it's rich, but it's, um, you know, but the bench only goes so deep. So you do get to know that community. And I remember when I was there, I mean, casting directors were hanging out with casting directors and hanging out with agents. And it was such a beautiful time. A lot of those people have sort of fragmented since, but it was such a beautiful time of being such a community. Mm -hmm. You know, it was really, it was really special. And I, I did, I loved it. And did you know, like working on that, what was the moment that you're like, I got to, I got to take a bigger bite. Um, it's a good question. And it wasn't one particular show. It was, I think, more of the repeat or, or sort of the repetitive nature of the American shows, which mm -hmm. is predominantly what Vancouver had, um, always deferring to the American talent, you know, which I totally get. But you're, you know, auditioning and fighting for somebody to get a small guest role. And you're like, I don't know if they can handle it. And you're like, oh my gosh, they do this three times a week, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. getting paid daily. Right. <laughs> Not even a guest star, right? Getting paid for that day they work and then that other day they work. You know, they're, they're doing this regularly and it's like you're having to defend consistently these great actors. It's like, this is, I don't want to do this. I yeah. want to, I want to, I want to have more, not power, but more. Yeah. But power. Creative like, control. I think that we all start this, like we're, we're artists, right? It, their casting directors are artists. It's a vision. Yeah. And so to have your hands handcuffed, to not be able to express that, I think is really frustrating. And even as like, producers or somebody that's like oh yeah I'm a if, if they're not in the creative room it's really frustrating because we're in a, yeah. in an art so I can it's imagine true. that would be really and you want to have the power I think that's okay to say yeah but I, but I still don't have the power now but you know I think it's it's the respect of the craft too you yeah. know it it, it 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 and I still once in a while I've worked on a show here and I'll I'll hear a, a producer maybe say well the talent pool and it's like actually hang on Hang on, hang on, hang on. That was that was a mindset that I think allowed you to see it that way. And as soon as you shifted your mindset, you realized, you know, nobody could do a cop better <laughs> than actors in Vancouver because no they did it all the time. Like, you want an alien to go to Vancouver? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And do you feel, I mean, that's such a, um, I mean, I'm so in awe of that kind of energy that you're constantly fighting. Like the casting director's role is to, fight and to champion people constantly. It is. it is. It's true. I'm and do you have like um a success story of that time when you're like, I'm really fighting for this person and they they booked it or gosh, I probably do. For some reason I I the the fails come up faster for yeah. me, but um yeah, I might have to think about that for a All sec. Right. I mean you can talk um, about your fails too if you want, but I'm not one to you yeah. Remember, like pseudonyms. This person on this show. Uh, high files. Yeah. No, I, I yeah. Um, no, that's okay. I mean, I'm so, I, I do think that people don't understand the process of casting. Like when you've, um, like, I also love seeing folks like you that have uh, a job in things like it's always sunny in Philadelphia next to Stumptown and, and like Sons of Anarchy, which are, couldn't be, 
other than maybe like the same thing is like the fact that they're ensemble casts, but that's mm -hmm. the only similarity. Mm -hmm. So do you remember pitching for those shows and going like, you wanna, you're gonna wanna use me because I'm the best person for this job? I don't know if I would ever say that. Uh, no, well, I do remember going into interview for Sons of Anarchy because I, it, that was a really big deal for me. Um, and, and I did a lot of work for that interview. I had loads of pictures and ideas for each role and it, it was a game changer for me. I, I didn't realize how much it would be, but, uh, which I'm glad I didn't at the time because I probably would have been too terrified to go in. Yeah. But I remember going in with Kurt and John Linson and they were really respectful and just so generous. And I actually remember putting, um, you know, Mark Boone Jr.'s picture down for the Bobby role. And later on, Linson told me, he's like, that's what got you the role was that Boone idea. I love that idea, which I thought was that's so you know, outside the box for them. I don't know if it really was or if it was just somebody that they recognized or just yeah. really liked or, I mean, he certainly wasn't a household name, you know, he done films and, uh, and was just a great working actor, but I don't know if people knew his name off the top, but it's just mm -hmm. such a great face. Mm -hmm. um, and I, but I was pregnant. And so I had my sweater over. I was like five months pregnant. And I remember thinking, oh, we shoot right before I will have my, my daughter. And hopefully they don't notice. And then I'm like, I can work right through it. And then of course, uh, when, I, when I got the job and they offered it to me, I had to come clean FX and I said, you know, I am pregnant. Like I need, I can't not tell you this. I have to tell you this. <laughs> yes. Thinking, okay, that's it. And then they came back and they said, they said, that's fine. And then of course we pushed. So we had, I had my daughter and then two days later I had a network test for Boone. Oh my God. Uh, so I had to like get out of the hospital and race to his oh test. <laughs> and I'm proud to say I fit into my jeans. I, was very proud I mean, of if there's one less you can take. <laughs> yeah, that was my one. I couldn't drive, but I could get into the my fact jeans. That you got there. Yeah. I, that doesn't seem like it's a far cry from the way you live. Like, I feel like when people are like, well, it's, uh, it's midnight and we've got to work till four, you're like, let's get to it. Yeah. And yeah. it's sort of. Again? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so then, like, in the world, I know, and I thrive on that kind of like, we're gonna make this happen. Cause there is something, I think it's the collaboration I love so mm -hmm. much. I think it's the same with you. Mm -hmm. But how, how do you know it's giving? Cause that is not sustainable, that life. When you're like pushing and pushing. Like how do you know when, it's, when the dam is about to break? Oh, I think, um, yeah, I sort of had that, that coming to Jesus about a, well, I've had moments where I'll have a little mini breakdown. Jesus has come I, a bunch of times. Yeah, you know, I'll be like crying. My husband's like, what's wrong? I'm like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I just like this. And then, and then, and that's usually when it's a tough job. And honestly, it's usually when there's a producer who isn't interested in your opinion whatsoever. And where you just sort of feel marginalized and anyone could do the job. So why do you need me? You know, I just think I bring a different quirk to the way that I approach or to the actors I respond to. Um, but then I think, well, well, it doesn't need to be me. It can be anybody and I'm not enjoying this at all. And then I get like a Mike Royce who, you know, inspires you and, and who is, is 
excited about what you're excited about and sees what you see. And all of a sudden you're, you want to do your best work of your life because you, you care, they care as much as you care and you yeah. care as much as they care. And it just becomes this wonderful experience. And then you could stay up all night, every night. Yeah. So I think that's usually, I, I finally figured that out, that it was the draining productions where there was just nothing coming back yeah. that I realized I don't have the energy for that. No, we're not machines. Like you have to have it. Some, the tank has to be filled mm -hmm. up every once in a while. Mm -hmm. you know? And then what's your, how do you regroup? Like, do you find yourself going, okay, I'm going to finish this project. I'm going to go away or I'm going to just be at home for a little bit or I'm Gonna no, I, I mean, in theory, it would be it, it would be great to be able to do that, but it's like you—you you don't know when your next job comes from. So it's very much. Uh, I'm I've been extremely lucky that my shows overlap, so I'll be finishing a show, starting a show, or you know something gets pushed or something. It's very hard to predict, um, and to really organize your job. So mm -hmm. sometimes it's super crunchy and. A little too much and then you know then everything will finish and you're like oh i'm just doing this right now that's easy but but, but luckily i or not luckily i don't know i think it's luckily I've, i haven't had a, a a break yeah and you don't say no to things i do i say no to i do say no to things yeah yeah, yeah. no i definitely do definitely do there's a lot uh, of crap out there <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i guess there's part of me that just like I don't know. I so appreciate the, I, I mean, I say no, but very, I mean, I was raised as an improviser, so I have a problem with saying yes and. Yes and, oh. yes. Um, yeah, it's hard. It's hard for me. Yeah. Um, for sure. But I'm learning because I, I know that this will be this many more hours of a week and really that's my family needs that. Yeah. Or, or I haven't, I've been getting so out of shape that I have to, put that into going to bed early and getting up so I can work out or, you know, so I'm, I've, it's becoming easier and easier for me to say no. Right. Yeah. And then, and then is that your balance? Like, I feel like you're one of those people that like, you're probably great at everything, but something has to give, like you can't, like you're such a caring and I know you've heard this before, but your, your style of casting is like, un it's like a, nothing else. It's so beautiful. And I feel it. Anybody feels it. We talk about it in the industry as like the kindest casting director, but that can't, you know, like that has to give to at some point or something has to, if you give like 200% every time. So how yeah, do you, I, maybe, you but I know that you do it. But that, but I have to say it's the part of the job I love the most is yeah. being in the room and that I could do that all day. And, and you know, sometimes the people I work with, they're like, oh, can you stop talking? Can we, we have so much more to do? You can't yeah. just like go over on a session, you know? Like, <laughs> right. I know, I know. It's just, it's so much fun. So that part I really enjoy. But, you know, just being nice doesn't get you a job or doesn't, you know, producers don't see that. They don't know that part really because they're not, most of our productions nobody shows up for. So, mm -hmm. so that's not part of what gets me work or, um, you know, they don't really care if we're nice or not because you hear other stories and those people are very busy. So yeah, it doesn't seem to be part of a factor. It just yeah. makes my day better. Well, yeah. And if your days are long, um, who do you think you got that quality from that, that empathy gene? 
Um, I think I've always had it. Like, you know, animals from coming from animals, coming from, um, coming from people have always, you know, watching Westerns and bawling when the horse fell. Right. Oh, and, I can't oh. watch it. It's, it's a, it's a great gene to have, but you also invest so much into everybody too. So I can imagine being yeah. like, Ooh. It, it, you know what I, and I'm sure it does. I'm sure when I come home and I'm a little more pooped, I'm sure it has, but I also feel like I get so much more too, like, because I don't make much of a difference in the world. Like I'm not, I'm not out with different charities and I'm not, I'm not doing a lot to make the planet better. And sometimes I sit and I think like, I've got to get off my ass and really try and make a difference. You know, I, I talk to the kids about it. We talk to the kids about it. And, and then I think sort of my saving grace to my own self or what I think is like, well, maybe that every day at work with the actors, maybe that's making differences. Yeah. And I don't know that that doesn't make the world better, Kindness. but at least... Kindness of yeah. distance, like you know, it does. It does. Because, like, and er if everybody played it forward that day, yeah, you know, and you think about the opposite. Like, let's say you go in for an audition and you have a casting director that ruins your day, and then then you're gonna yeah. play that forward. So I think yeah. So it's uh, you know little 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 chips every day of of trying to make things better. But I get back from that, like yeah. when I when I see that someone feels like they've done good work or... I was just thinking of like, maybe one of the first times I auditioned for you and I was so thrown off that you had time for me. <laughs> like, it was bit, like I just, cause I've been in auditions before where they just started the scene without saying hello. Like, and I, I can't didn't imagine. like- imagine, I find that insane because just as a human being, you don't do that in anything. Yeah. Like I walked in and they started the scene and I didn't have the, I don't know, the confidence to go, oh, sorry, can we start it again? Because I just went into it and I kind of left the room going, what just happened? Ugh. So when you're there and you're like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's what are you play? up to? Yeah. But what if I didn't, right? Like, and what if you happened to be coming in for a drama and you left and I would have no idea that you were the comedian that you are? Like, what if I didn't know that? Or vice versa, what if you were having a really horrible day and I don't give you the time, you know, and I, and I, I am very thankful that I feel like most of the people come in, I know enough about them that I can tell if they're not having a day or I can just see it in their eyes, something's off or, or sometimes it's like, I don't think I should talk to you before because I think you're just hanging on by thread right now. So let's do this. And then later we'll find out what's happening in your life. Yeah. That's not going well. But I think that that's a huge Again, it's self-serving. It's it's a huge part of getting the best performance out of you. But but I wouldn't know that you could do drama and comedy if I didn't have any interest in you. Yeah, which makes that whole the whole world of self tapes sort of sad for you. I bet. I do not like it. I do not like it. It's it's takes away the joy of the job. Too. Yeah. Maybe we should start adding like a little section of the self tapes of like, hey, how's it going? And just love that pauses. though. Of like, <laughs> well, because I've been, I was trying to work on, continue working on this one um, show for Netflix for the first few weeks of quarantine, and so we've been doing everything self tape. Yeah. And some of some of my um, some of my favorite actor guys have been going on tape that we don't often get to go on tape anymore. So it's been a real treat. But a few of them, it's been like a nugget of where they've been like, 
going crazy. <laughs> you know, God, this is so great. And they're like talking to the camera. They're like, it's insane out there. Like just sharing a little yeah. bit. And it's yeah. been just delicious. Like, thank you for just yeah. being, being you for a minute. Oh, yeah. So great. Because I mean, I can imagine so many casting directors right now are just craving like like tapes and looking at actors and working with people because that's oh, I just miss hugs. I'm so afraid that when we go back, we're not going to be able to hug. I know my husband's like, you know what? You get a shield from front of the camera, a big plexi, and you can stand behind the camera, and then you can go. And I was like, come on, so sad. Yeah, it fogs up. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> There's a YouTube clip of these two grandparents that were in full hazmat suits oh. hugging their grandkids for the first time. I know. Ugh. I mean, Ugh. it's like, if you can't practice this art, do you have other art that you practice? Do you do things like visual art? Do you do like music? I'm a two-trick pony. Yeah. I cast, I row. <laughs> <laughs> I try to parent. Yeah. <laughs> to give my husband love and attention that's uh, that's pretty much all i got and that's apparently i can one. keep a rose alive that's what i know okay that's not i have nothing. no real i'm not i don't have a lot of skills i'm not i'm not uh yeah i have to work really hard to be good at anything is the truth no i think you're probably you know like you're really good at a few things where i'm I, i'm okay at a lot of different things oh yeah I'm, i don't have many things but the gardening thing I think is huge. Like when I first moved to LA, we had this little place with a tiny patch of sun on the, on the um, patio. And I caught clippings. Every day I'd walk along in Las Vegas and find clippings. And so I thought great. like, it was so beautiful because you get like a, a piece of jade. And I'm like, I can grow something from that. And I would watch it grow. It was the best It thing is, it's a really nice feeling. I yeah. didn't, I never got it before. You know, I, yeah. I would watch my mom have a vegetable garden. I'd be like, boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get a, get a pastime. Oh, my mom now would plant like, geraniums. Oh, I'm like, oh, wrap it up. How many is too many? <laughs> yeah. I'm still not a fan of geraniums. I do. I love it now because of my mom. So I have like, oh, a, that's nice. Yeah. That's but also nice. they're wild here, which is wild. Like mm -hmm. my mom have to buy them in Canada and then plant them every year. Yeah. You come back in her hands and smell like geraniums. And I don't know, I've grown oh. to love it. Grown to love yeah. it. So do you feel like there's something that you haven't done yet that you want to do, like in a big project? Like what's driving mm. you now? Because I feel like you've got a, you're, you're motoring. Like for somebody, you've been in this business for a long time, but you're motoring. You, you're not slowing down. Now well, there's so much, um, so much great television right so now. So much. You know, and I always loved, I love the pace of television. So I always sort of kept away from film um, I'm, by the way, I, I'm sure if like a huge feature film on a big studio came knocking on my door, I'd be like, yes, please. But so many independents that you would have them almost cast and then it would fall apart and then it would push and the money would fall out. And then you'd almost recast it three times and still not get paid. And, you know, a year and a half later, you're like, I can't, I don't know. I can lit, pay rent with this. Yeah. You know, as much as it's a creative, I want to make money, but also the pace of television every week flip it again and start from scratch and that was like racing you know and I'm I love racing yeah. more than yeah. I love training so it's like it was sort of like being in a sprint all the time and now I'm like okay that's that's hard but I but at that time I, I well I still love that pace and now television 
is just so rich and it's so good. So much that, content. Oh, and so everything is different. Like every time I think, okay, I've kind of done this before, something will, will land and it's like, oh my gosh, I have to learn like what? What's muscle. the latest, What is the latest muscle you've had to work? Um, well, the the Latin community, you know, to really, you know, actors who can be fluent in Spanish and to know, you know, it was really important to Kurt and Elgin to know on Mayans, like, what is everyone's background? Not, we're not going to say everybody's Mexican. If somebody's Venezuelan or somebody's, we are going to acknowledge that. Yeah. You know, we're not going to do this blanket Latin yeah description it's gonna matter where people are from and so that you know educating my husband's latin um and from originally from guatemala so you know i'd have him being like this is important you know this is important to know where every every accent to hear the different sounds to so that was a real um muscle to gain and but it was so enjoyable so exciting so exciting to be in the job that you're in for as long as you have and go i'm still I still have things to learn. Totally. Oh my gosh, totally. And then, you know, if you do a kids project like American Vandal, they wanted really young and raw and, and, but the kid pool changes every few years. Those 15 year olds are actually now 21 and they can't play high school. So that's always a new, yeah, a new batch to learn and to, you know, explore, which is, that's fun. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, I mean, now, don't you see projects that, that uh, I, I notice lazy producers a lot quicker now than I did before. We can do better than that to have diversity, to have gender differences. And Oh, and it's, it's actually almost insulting when you see it because yeah. you're like, I don't see that anywhere I go. Why would I want to watch this now? I actually almost find it like a visual affront when it's everybody's white. You're just like, oh, where are we? In fact, I just went by a billboard of what's the, the uh, creator of um, Downton Abbey, the new one, the Romanoffs? No, oh. the, what's it called? Not Romanoffs, it's- um, Succession? I just pulled- I No, just, it's a period that. piece, but it's a British period piece. Oh, I don't know. I'm totally blanking on it. But but seeing this whole white billboard even, it was like, oh, I don't think I'm gonna watch that. No, oh. doesn't, I'm not intrigued. No. Yeah. Yeah, it is the kind of thing that you have to, like, um, I'm, I'm so enamored when I see, uh, like, I saw, I can't remember what show it was, but I saw a trans character, but it wasn't like mm-hmm. a show about trans. It was just like, she happened to be trans. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that makes me feel so good. It makes me feel like we're on the right track. We're making changes as opposed to, oh, that's a scene of five white guys. Yeah, I think it's very different now because I think the writers and the, you know, I go back to Mike Royce, but I mean, he's been fighting for that as long as I can remember and always kind of going head to head with, you know, being allowed to do that. And, and now the people who wouldn't let you do that are getting fired, are getting replaced. There's a whole new mindset at the studios. They are not even picking up material if it's not already diverse. Um, So I think it's, it's really it's just so much better and so different now. Mm-hmm. It's night and what, day. What about writing? I know you went to school for writing. Ever, ever have an inkling? To I'm a write? terrible writer. Oh. Yes, I would love to be in a writer's room. I, yeah. I, I would love to for comedy for sure. I would love it. Um, What's a show it, that you would like to be in the writer's room? Other than Barry, we adore it. Fleabag, oh we get it. But what's one oh. that's like, 
Dang, you took the two. I mean, those are my two top fave right now. Me too. But also Always Sunny. Like I've always been surprised by the comedy in Always Sunny in Philadelphia. You know, every season, and I think this has been since like season eight, I'm like, well, what could they possibly, they must be out of ideas. And sometimes you get like the first few um, outlines or the first few like rough drafts and you're like, oh yeah, okay, maybe they, they've, they've shot their wad already and this is where we're at. And then you start getting the full scripts in and you're like, God, I just don't so see it coming. Good. The storylines, I'm like, who, who, I didn't see that coming. It's great. And, and to know their voices the way that they do, it's, it's, yeah, oh, it's so good. It's so is there so a comedy good. room that you'd like to be in as a writer? Hmm. Well, you took my two favorites as well. Uh, Fleabag season three. I'm just putting that out into the ether. Oh, yeah. You hear me, Phoebe? <laughs> so brilliant. I don't think they're going to do a season three, are they? No, I don't think so. I mean, but I didn't I think, think they were going to do a season two. So yeah, it, I know. It's just she's. You know, her one woman shows up on Amazon right now. I know. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm. I was in New York when she was there, and I could not get a ticket. It was very painful. Really? Yeah. I just think she's a real. You know, I think she's just herself. It's so refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. You, and you auditioned her. I, I heard somewhere that No, I had a general, general with her. Um, and, and you know, I had just finished watching Fleabag. I, I watched it and then I met with her. And you felt like you were, like, with a sister. Like, she was just so, yeah. just so real, so easy, so down to earth in that British way. So yeah. smart. It was just lovely. I'm like, oh, I'm, she's going to do great, I bet. Yeah. I wonder what she's like <laughs> when she gets nervous. Like, what, how does she not be herself do you know what I mean like as I think you know they say that in casting roles like people just be yourself that's all you need to do is be yourself but that takes a lot of energy for some people yeah so the things that you do to sabotage that process I don't know if maybe she just doesn't edit herself yeah so she really lets whatever is coming in her brain come out her mouth and sometimes if I guess if the brain is great then that's very refreshing and enjoyable yeah but you're not you're not writing you don't like being a writer uh, I don't think I'm a particularly good writer grammatically, so I, I've been trying they to help my daughter. They have Wendy. They do, Grammarly? Yeah, yeah, grammarapp.com. Sponsored by Grammarly. <laughs> um, yeah, I know, but it's funny, I always, yeah, I've been trying to help my daughter learn all these grammatic rules, I'm like, I don't know why you just do it that way, I don't know, it's this the worst. is crazy, yeah. yeah, but I think I'm good at like punchlines and good uh, dry one-offs. Yeah, get you in a punch-up room. A punch-up room, is right? that, can you make, can you, uh, make a living on that? Um, probably not, but you'll have a good time. Oh, it'd be so fun. <laughs> All right, I need to wrap it up. I don't ever want to wrap these up because I so enjoy talking to you. Um, good to see you. Yeah, it's so nice to see you too. What a treat. Um, I also think it's so interesting just having these discussions past resumes and past like you know, just to find out how we do the things we do. And when we hit blocks, how you keep going, like, you know, do we have those moments of like, it, like crying in front of your husband going, oh, this is a moment I need to like actually just yeah. balance or get back to rowing or whatever is out of balance. I think um, it's good to know that everybody has those because sometimes it feels so monumental and sometimes it's just hormonal or, you know, bad nutrition or who knows and you take a deep breath and you kind of regroup with yourself and then to know everybody has those days or those moments where like what am I doing yeah 
And I think that knowing that is also super helpful. Yeah. Um, okay, here's my, my final questions, rapid fire. Rapid fire, but take your time. Um, two words <laughs> to describe you presently. Uh, tall and uh, lazy. <laughs> um, what if this was a movie, your life was a movie, what would be the climax of your story? Hmm. Hopefully it hasn't happened yet. So, okay. So far, like if the credits were about to roll. So, so far, uh, the birth of my daughter. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, what book is in you? If you were a writer, what, what book is in you to write? What's it about? Hmm. Maybe Anne of Green Gables meets Love in the Time of Cholera. <laughs> I just was listening to a podcast about that. Oh, that's good. That's a good mashup. Yeah. Um, what's one fact that people don't know about you? Uh, I don't think anybody knows anything about me, so let's see. That's, that's really easy. Uh, closer friends. Um, I'm blind in my left eye. Oh, that is a real unknown and weird fact. <laughs> so if ever you're coming at you from this side of the room. I usually hit walls on my left side, correct? Really? Doorways. Yeah, well, I, like, I mean, I don't have depth perception proper, yeah. so I'll yeah. clip things on the left side. Mm -hmm. I always think that we learn so much from our mistakes, so I don't really think they're mistakes, but what has been your favorite mistake that you've made and what have you learned from it? My favorite? Meaning I enjoyed it? Yeah, meaning that you got something great out of it. Mm. Well, learning how to, oh, it's a rowing mistake, but uh, learning how to use a mirror in my boat so I don't have to turn my head around. That's a great analogy from a dock. life too. Learned it from hitting a dock, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, don't, don't look behind you in life. Just keep yeah. going forward. Final question is, what advice would you have given to your younger self? Um, that you're enough. I think you're more than enough, Wendy O'Brien. <laughs> I think you're fantastic. I've so enjoyed oh spending gosh. some time with you. No, me Thank too. you. What a treat. Uh, I'm, you're such a treat to everybody in this industry. I think, uh, I think you're leading by example in your kind, kind ways. Right back at you. Thanks, pal. Talk to you soon. You can follow Wendy on Twitter at WobJaws, that's W-O-B for Wendy O'Brien, and then Jaws. You know, like, da -da, da -da, da -da 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 -da. <laughs> Is that even close? I mean, I did audition for the part of the Jaws sound effect, did not get it, surprisingly enough. You can also follow Wendy on Instagram at WobJaws2. You should definitely go check her IMDb out because it will truly blow your mind. Right now, you can see what she's been casting in Mr. Mayor on NBC, Bad Trip on Netflix, Dreamcore LLC on Adult Swim, Mayans MC on FX, as well as her previous work on Prison Break, which is on Netflix, and Carnival, which is on HBO Max, and more. So let us know on Instagram or Twitter at FirecrackerDEPT, you know, what stuck with you for this episode. Whether it was something from the Firecracker shout-out, or something that Wendy said, or just something you liked. And reach out to Wendy too, because you know, these folks, we all just work and we put our art out there, and it sure is nice to hear that you're affecting people. So shout out to Wendy as well on her social media platforms. I know she would love to hear from you. That's it for me. Thanks for joining us on Firecracker Department. Sure is great to have you here, and we'll see you next time. Bye.
Winnie Wong is our Firecracker head producer. Follow her at wonder underscore Wong on Instagram and wonder underscore Wong 8 on Twitter. Sydney Nielsen is our co-producer and head editor. You can follow them at Sydney underscore Nielsen. Sydney, like Australia. Nielsen, like milk. You can follow me on social media at my last name at Sneekus, S-N-I-E-C-K-U-S. The rest of the team comes at you from Toronto, Los Angeles, Austin, London, Dubai, and truly from all over the world. Get into the full Firecracker Department core team at firecrackerdepartment.com slash about because we're always updating and we're always growing. Stay tuned to our newsletter for advanced updates on our monthly meditations, upcoming mentorship workshops, live script department readings, festival partnerships, weekly writing workouts, and dates for 2021, and so much more. There's lots going on in Firecracker Department. Now, whether you're a first time or a long time listener to the Firecracker Department, we always, always want to hear from you. We love hearing what quotes, the specifics, the nuances of things that stuck with you. We mean it. We really do. And we respond to every single thing that comes our way. If it gives your brain goosebumps or it piques your curiosity or makes you want to stop and write something down, send it back to us or our firecracker guest or both. I mean, everybody likes to know that when they put something out into the world that it resonates. And if it sparks something in you, use that creativity to take some creative action. Share it because it just reverberates, you know? If you see somebody being creative, that might spark somebody else's creativity. So pay it forward. Thanks also to Jeff Malutinovic and Igor Korea for our theme music. And thanks to you. Yeah, you. Sitting there, driving there, walking there, working out there, and taking time to listen. We know there's a lot of options out there and we really appreciate you choosing us. We hope to see you at maybe brunch, maybe the writing workshop. And until next time, thank you for listening to the Firecracker Department. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.